Hey, I want to welcome you to New Life and our weekend experience. And no matter where you are, I hope that you'll find uh, our app online or go to our website, newlifecc.com, and you can connect some of the resources. They're all down below. You heard it at the very beginning uh, of our time. But uh, don't miss out on that. Some, there's some really great things that you can connect with. Also, you'll see the subscribe button there uh, on down below here. Go ahead and hit that, and then you'll be notified when we post a new video, when new things are happening. Uh, so make sure make sure you check that out. Also, want to remind you that that through this last year and a half, we have had a thing we call our three lanes. And lane one is new life at home. And if you're watching this, you're probably doing new life at home. And in the current situation we're in, maybe even more so. So don't forget that week after week, you can continue to be a part of new life uh, online. The second is uh, new life with friends. And you may gather a couple friends together, those that you're comfortable with, that you've maybe been around, and you could be watching the service together and having community together. But also don't forget, we are continuing to have live services together. And uh, this is a chance for you to come and experience something more. And if you've been out for a long time, I know there's that sense of, ah, oh, what's the big deal? And when you gather together, you realize, wow, there's something special that happens when we come together. So we'd love to invite you to be a part of that. Hey, I want you to take your Bibles, uh, whether it's digital or physical, and I want you to turn to the book of Acts chapter 1. So Acts is about halfway through. Uh, the New Testament, which is the latter half of the Bible. And uh, we're going to dive into actually a little longer passage today as we continue on in this series called Re. Now, to give you just a quick little kind of recap, there's another re word. Uh, we started with remember, where we were looking back and how God invites us to, to remember and to look back, not so that we can stay there, but so that our faith today can be strengthened and our hope for tomorrow. Then we looked at this challenging word, repent, and, uh, and what that means. And it's not the angry preacher pointing his finger, but it really is this this gentle, this, this, this grace-filled invitation to leave the path that we have been on that leads to destruction and instead begin to follow after Jesus and find life in him. Then last week, we looked at this word remain and we talked about that kind of steadfast, stalwart, foundational kind of, of faith that we're, we're remaining faithful in prayer and remaining faithful to God's truth. We're remaining faithful in our hearts. And there's something about that remain, like not, not moved or, or pushed to the side, but remaining firm. And so if you've missed any of those, I want to encourage you uh, to go online and you can watch those on our YouTube channel or listen to them on, uh, on our podcast. But today we're, we're tackling a new reword and it's the word renew. Renew. And here's the definition of renew. Renew means to begin or to take up again. To begin again or to take up again. So coming back to something, kind of that, that start over, so to speak. And this is such a powerful word. And we're going to start by reading this passage in Acts chapter 1. And again, it's a little bit longer. I'm going to start at verse 3. And uh, I think it's necessary for us to kind of read through this whole thing and to begin to see the, the challenge and the mission and the assignment that God has given to us individually, but also as a community together as we take steps forward in deepening our relationship with him. And so as we see this, this is actually where Jesus is giving some of his final commands, his final challenges, his final encouragement before he's taken up with the Father. And then what the people do afterwards, what his followers like, 
How do they do it? And what you're going to see in this is this renewal, this, this coming back to God's kingdom mission for, for each one of them, but in turn for each one of us as well. So pick this up with me in Acts chapter 1, verse 3. It says, after his suffering, Jesus presented himself to them, that's to his followers, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, that's crucial because he's going to invite them back to what that really means. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John, baptized with water... That's John the Baptist. He said, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then these three words, then they gathered. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they say, why, why do you stand here looking at the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Now I'm going to read a little bit more, but I want you to think about that thing because these angels, that's who they are. These angels appear and you can imagine the, the followers are looking up because Jesus has just been taken up this this amazing event. They've never seen anything like this in their life. And the angels, it's like they're tapping them on the soldiers, bleh, not soldiers, shoulders, and saying, why are you looking at the sky? That's not where the mission is. He was calling them back again. They were calling them back again to this kingdom mission. Don't stand looking at the sky. He's going to come back, but there's something for you to do. It says, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. And those present were Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas, son of James. And they all joined together these are important parts, constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And I'll even add to that list those gathered together, and Dave, and Eli, and Sandy, and, and Jackson, and Cole, and Mary, and Steve, and Alfred, and Vicki, and whatever your name is, as you're watching this, you've been invited to come join into something powerful. And they gathered together. Actually, they regathered together. Because something was starting, something powerful was beginning again. Well, I want to continue on, but would you just bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much that you are here right now. And this opportunity we have to gather over, over video and to be your people together. And Lord, I pray that you would guide our our study today as we dive into your scripture, as we dive into your desire for us. And Jesus, more than anything else, I want you to be our teacher, not me. So speak your truth and your life to us in your name. Amen. Amen.
Well, there's something about this passage in Acts that, that always kind of grabs me. They're seeing and experiencing Jesus, even though he'd been crucified, even though he, he had died, and even though he was buried. I'm sure there were moments as they're listening to him, and they're just shaking their head, maybe even like elbowing one another and saying, can you, can you believe this? Can, can you believe we're, we're listening to him? We're, we're looking at him right now? I mean, we saw him on the cross. We saw the, the, the torture and the nail. We saw all of those things. And I can't believe what I'm seeing. And, and I'm sure there was this moment as they're wrapping their heads around this where I wonder if any of them interrupted him and said, hey, Jesus, whatever you want, whatever you're leading, whatever, whatever you want, I'm in because I've never seen anything like this before. And that's why they asked this question, are you going to restore Israel now? And Jesus, though he doesn't say the word no, is basically saying, no, not, not how you're thinking. Because they wanted him to overthrow the Roman government and bring about this political change and this, you know, change in the, in the, in the empire structure that it's like, it's finally going to be us on top. And Jesus is like, no, no, that, that's not what we're going to do. But then he was also saying, yes, I'm going to be restoring Israel now, but not how you think. I'm going to renew my kingdom and I'm going to renew all that I'm doing on this earth through you. And he's saying, remember what I've done. Repeat it and follow after me. Remain faithful and remain steadfast and I will renew, I will take up again my purpose and my heart for each and every purpose. And every time I read this passage and you, you think of the disciples thinking back to maybe maybe what could be or, or, or what had happened and thinking about all the miracles and all that Jesus has done. And here they're, they're standing with him on the, really on the verge, on the precipice of something brand new, this something new that God is, is going to do. I can't help but think back to beginning moments here in this church family. So some of you have heard me tell some of the stories, but 45 years ago, 45 years ago, this small group of 30 or so dreamers came together to begin this gathering, this, this church, this fellowship called New Life. And, and I know that people around town were thinking, why, why are we starting another church? Why in Turlock of all places? Because Turlock used to be in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most churches per capita. Now, this is a long time ago, but people still quote that today, and they're thinking, why, why do we need another one? But there was something driving this group of people to do something new again and to do something different, not just for the sake of difference, but to catch God's vision, God's heartbeat, his kingdom desires for this community to actually love people regardless of their background or their history, regardless if they had ever been to church before or knew anything about God, but just to love people one step closer to Jesus. And it was crazy and what Gina and I often say is, but it was good crazy. And something began to happen. 
I'll tell you, um, that founding pastor of New Life was a man named Larry Pilate. And God used Pastor Larry to inspire me to lay a foundation for this church family, to challenge others to take steps of faith. And he led so many people to know Jesus. And I tell you that because last Sunday, uh, Pastor Larry went home to be with the Lord. He was living in Florida and uh, passed away. And our hearts go out to uh, his wife, Susan, and their family, their kids, and um, just, just that loss. And we as a church family feel that that loss of our, of our founding pastor, even though he's been gone uh, from this area for a very long time, we, we realize what he did took courage and faith along with so many others. And so we're inspired by him. 29 years ago, a new pastor came here and he was young and inexperienced and uh, he made a lot of mistakes and did a lot of learning along the way, but one thing never wavered or changed was this refusal to abandon what God had established this church to accomplish, loving church, loving people one step closer to Jesus. In case you're missing that, that was me. And 29 years later, this not so young and maybe not as wet behind the ears pastor still shakes his head. And the truth is, I can get pretty emotional when I look around and I see God doing some amazing things. And I hear stories of what God is doing in you and people send me emails or, or, or grab me after church or when they're coming in and I'm shaking their hand to say, I gotta, just gotta tell you. And just this last week, uh, Pastor Brian, our student ministries pastor, grabbed me and told me some stuff that was happening in student ministry that was just like, it's just amazing. And it's this, it's this good work that God is doing. And, and I know sometimes we think, you know, hey, let's go back to the good old days. It, let's just circle the wagons and let, let's just enjoy what's happening right now. Let, let, let's just let's kind of be us for and no more and not worry about it, especially through these crazy last 18 months, right? We just want to kind of duck and cover and just kind of be here. But God's doing great things. In fact, I want to tell you this. This weekend, this weekend, our Patterson campus is officially back in Patterson. And I know you're probably cheering at home right now and I can't hear you, but I tell you this, this Sunday, we're going to be cheering it here in our live service because I'm telling you, God is doing good things. And we've been renovating a warehouse and today they're worshiping If you're watching on Sunday, they're worshiping in the parking lot. And in the next week or two, they will be inside this brand new space, loving people closer to Jesus throughout Patterson and the West Side. And we just say, yay, God, you're doing something so amazing. And it's coming back again to this new thing and this calling that God has on our life. See, Jesus wants to reset us and renew us, to take us again to this place where personally his mission for us to keep taking one step closer to him and to love others in that journey as well just takes root in us. And this past season has been one of such a deep change in our culture and the way we do things, how we communicate, how we, how we Zoom. 
I didn't used to be like a verb that we used. And now, you know, we talk about zooming someone, you know, I mean, it's, it's been crazy. It's changed who we trust and how we love and care for one another. It's been a time of change, but God, God never changes. In Hebrews, it says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know some people read that verse and go, well, it sounds like Jesus needs to change, like he's out of date. And th this is not talking about trends or anything like that. What it's saying is, is that Jesus is our one constant. He is the one bedrock and foundation of our lives. And even though he never changes, God will sometimes bring change to his church, to his people. That's you and me individually, but also for the big C church, like the church universal, the church around the country, not just new life. And here's the deal. He loves us right where we are, but he loves us too much to, to leave us there. And so he calls us to be renewed and changed and restored to him. And you see, one of the things we pray for constantly is for God's plan, his mission, his desire to be revealed to us. But we should be praying that it's not just this grand scheme of things, but that he would reveal the next step of his desires. Like what's, what's the next millimeter for us? What, what's the next step? Because sometimes the end result can be overwhelming. That's why in the book of Psalms, it says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights, listen to this, in every detail of their lives. The smallest little things. He's saying, come on, I'm, do I'm doing a, a new thing in you. I'm restoring heart. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing you deeper to me. Trust me in this. And we get a chance to, to come together and to see that happen. Now this renewing that God desires to do, we know is challenging, right? Changes, changes heart. It disrupts the normal process and the rhythms of our lives. But here's what it does, is it leads us closely, closely to his heart. We've hit pause on so much during this season, and I believe God wants to resume that, to hit play again and restart and renew us. Now, there are some areas in our lives where we have kind of place Jesus off to the side again, maybe hit that pause button. Sometimes we've done it intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. Sometimes it's in those areas where we've allowed the, the enemy to, to kind of interrupt and to make us operate in fear and shame. And so we just kind of put a hold on everything. Maybe it's in our prayer life that we talked about last week or in our personal quiet times with him. Maybe times of devotion and solitude and silence. Maybe some really traumatic things have happened to you over these past 18 months. And so as this pause button get, gets pushed, maybe on your faith and your belief, you're just kind of holding steady. I would ask you today, are you ready for him to kind of unpause that, to, to renew and to restore new things in you. So I'm going to give you a couple things. I want you to write this down. This has to do with what God is renewing and restarting in us. So the first is this. God is renewing the way that I think, the way that I process, my perspective on things. Now, I, I don't want you to think that this is only a, a purely intellectual exercise. It involves our emotions, and 
it works together with what we think because these two influence each other, right? What I think and, and, and my, my own emotional makeup, they, they play into each other. And so God wants to be transforming those in us to draw us close to him. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, process. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, because of the, the current status of our culture and the world we're living right now, it, it's easy to be distracted and have our minds go all over the place. And we get sometimes in this kind of chasing rabbit holes and, and even going towards thoughts that are unhealthy and sometimes even destructive. And before you know it, we, we've wandered into places that, that begin to change how we feel and how we respond and how we process and we start thinking worst case scenarios and we allow fear and shame and worry and doubt to come in. We start questioning people's motives. We start looking at people and we don't see anymore uh, a real person. We, we instead see an ideology or we see a perspective or we see a political viewpoint and the walls start going up between people. It's so easy to lose focus. And as I said a few minutes ago, some of us have pushed pause on our thinking about the things that bring us into this closer walk with Jesus. Some of us have interrupted God's process that transforms the way we think and feel and respond. And the thoughts that honor him instead of dishonor him, the thoughts that keep us close to him rather than push us away. In 1 Peter, Peter writes this, stay alert. And he uses an exclamation point. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, because he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember, there's another reword. remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. Now in the King James Version, that very first statement where in the New Living, it's a stay alert. In the King James, it's stay sober. Now, this has nothing to do with alcohol at all, but, but the Apostle Peter is telling us to stay alert and to keep our thinking sharp. He's saying, don't get fuzzy and don't, don't get distracted over this. Don't get distracted from loving and praying for one another. Don't get distracted from, from giving people grace, from extending mercy. Don't get distracted and become bitter and divisive and frustrated. But instead, stay alert because there's a battle that's going on. See, when we get pulled into all those things, that it's kind of the default mode when things get chaotic and crazy. But Jesus wants to renew, to make new again the way that we think. Remember the words of the Apostle Paul from a few weeks ago in the book of Philippians. He says this, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, I said before that our, our thinking, our intellect and our feelings mesh together. One is not better or or more godly than the other. God gave us all these different things, our intellect and how we think and how we process, our emotions. And I'm telling you, sometimes people think, well, your, your thoughts change your emotions. But, and it's true. 
And sometimes our emotions change our thoughts. But when Paul says, fix your thinking, center around these things that are true and honorable and right and pure, guess what? It's going to change our outlook and our perspective. It's transformation in action. For some of us, as we're watching this, we've allowed the chaos and insanity and the uncertainty around us to cause us to kind of interrupt the healthy way we think about God and his truth and his goodness and his purity and how we think about the people around us. And today, God wants to renew your thinking and your mind. He wants to take up again the transformation that he began in you. So what are you thinking about these days? Is it sad and depressing? And some of the things we're looking at are sad and they're depressing. But sometimes those are leading to thoughts of suicide or isolation. Thoughts of giving up. Giving up on your faith. Giving up on your marriage. Giving up on your friendships. Giving up on yourself. Walking away from jobs. Walking away from family or other relationships. Maybe this thinking has caused us to be angry with the world and our circumstances and it gets played out in those around us or it gets played out online with angry words and angry diatribes. Maybe we're frustrated that things aren't going our way. Well, listen to this. God wants to redirect your thoughts. He wants to renew your thinking to, to thoughts of clarity and life and peace and his joy. This leads us to the second thing. God is renewing the way that I Respond. Okay, these are all tied together. Renewing the way that I respond. Look at verse 9 again from 1 Peter 5. We just, we just read that. He said, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. It's that old phrase, there, there's nothing new under the sun. Or kind of that whole thing uh, of, uh, you know, you look around to everyone and they've got their stuff too. And sometimes we forget that because we get so immersed in our own issues and our problems that we sometimes miss in our responses the fact that other people are carrying heavy weights too. And other people are hurting. And other people are distracted. And other people are frustrated. And other people are afraid. Other people are sad. We sometimes forget all of that. Have, have you ever been like frustrated with someone because of their demeanor or their attitude or just something about them. This could be a server in a restaurant and you feel they're not giving you enough attention or time and they, they're, they're putting the wrong things down and all that. It's just like, I'm not giving them a tip. You know, you're just, you're so frustrated. Or someone you work with and just like their attitude stinks and, you know, and sometimes attitudes just stink. I know that. But have you ever had those feelings of frustration around people like that? And then something happens and you hear more of their story. You hear what's really going on. And it's like a gut punch. And that part of you that's like, I'm so sorry, I, I just didn't know. It could be that server who you feel isn't giving you enough time. And maybe you go to the restroom and you hear him talking and you realize that Two other servers called in sick, and so they're, they're handling now three times the tables that they normally did. And it's like, oh, that, that would be pretty hard. Or that coworker that you just feel like has attitude, and you realize that their parent or their spouse is battling cancer, and just the weight of that has been so heavy, and it's taking a toll on them. 
See, we come to those places and we realize, ah, my response isn't always honoring to God and his desires. And we look across our culture and our community, even within the church, and our response and how we connect with each other and how we treat each other, I'll tell you, is probably much different than it was just 18 months ago. And our response to God is probably different than it was 18 months ago too. Think about the disciples who were with Jesus just 40 days after he was crucified. He left them and ascended into the clouds and now they're left without their shepherd. And some of you are listening right now and you feel like like God's left you last year. And some of you lost your job or maybe a loved one and you're wondering, where's God in all this? And because you went through what you did, your your response to him is, is different. Some of you have walked through tremendous loss and tremendous pain and you're grieving and someone says, well, everything happens for a reason. And you think, what is that supposed to mean? Like, what, what do I even do with that? Because that actually made me feel worse. It didn't, it didn't relieve anything. It didn't make me feel any better. And if that's you this weekend, God is inviting you to a place to renew your responses A life surrendered to Jesus doesn't mean we'll never have issues or go through some things. He wants us to see that he hasn't left us or abandoned us, that he is with us and we can trust him. Listen to Jesus being absolutely raw and honest with his followers in John 16. He says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Think about what we've been through. COVID, floods, wildfire, inflation, earthquakes, elections, hurricanes, protests. And you can probably add 20 more things to that just in the last 18 months, personal things for you. And here's the deal. Jesus promised, he said, you will go through trials and sorrows. Not because he wants to, not because he wants to make you pay or make you hurt. It's just that we live in this broken, messed up world. And there's pain and there's grief. But he says, take heart, take courage, be be encouraged in this because I overcame the world. No matter what we go through, he says, I'm with you. And so it leaves us with an opportunity in how we're going to respond. I'm responsible for my own response to God. I'm responsible for my own response to to others, and you are too. No one else can make the choice for me. And my prayer is to sense Jesus at work in me moment by moment so that my response will be to choose him and to make him my priority. The last one is this. God is renewing his mission for me. You know, our our mission on this earth is, is found in this earlier reading, our purpose, our identity. This is who we're called to be. Look, look back in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says this as he, as he sends them out, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And if you've ever dived into that scripture before, you realize that there's this concentric circle that Jerusalem is, is home, and Judea is the surrounding area, and Samaria is that different culture, almost that, that opposite culture where there was conflict. And he says, we're still called to those places where we're not welcome or, or we feel everything is so different. And then he goes to, to the entire world, 
To do what? To share good news. And rephrasing Jesus' words, it brings into focus our mission here at New Life, to love people one step closer to Jesus. Our families need us to walk in renewed faith. Our communities need us to live out renewed compassion. And we have an opportunity to leave a legacy of God's faithfulness and goodness to those around us. And out of love, to renew our hearts for the mission he has given us individually and corporately together as a faith family. Several years ago, I gave you this statistic story. It was kind of done in the form of a riddle, and I'm going to do it, uh, share it with you again. And the riddle went this way. What is 750,000 miles long? Something that's wrapped around the earth 30 times and grows 20 miles longer every single day. Do you know what it is? It's the line of people who don't know Jesus. It's the line of people who are far from God. What do we say to that? What do we do when we hear that two out of three people right here in our own communities have no church, have no faith affiliation? Do we just shrug and say, well, at least I'm okay. At least, at least I'm doing good. Hey, thumbs up. Everything's good in my life. Is that our response? To just say, well, I'm okay. It's really too bad for you. Is that the future we imagine for the kingdom of God? Or is that just business as usual? Is that just, I care about me and not really anyone else? Because that isn't Christ's heart. It's not his heart for us. It's not his heart for this community. It's not his heart for your family. It's not his heart for this world. He wants to renew his mission in us. He wants to renew that desire to go into the world and share this good news. That Christ has come, that he is for us and he loves us. A renewed heart will always result in different thinking, in different responses, and a deeper commitment to Jesus. Because a renewed heart changes everything. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thanks so much for your desire to renew us, to call us back again, to invite us back again, to to a deeper relationship with you and to live out the mission that you've set before us. To go into our world, wherever that might be, and be a light and to be your ambassador everywhere we go. Lord, thank you for giving us the specific mission here in this church family to love people one step closer to you. And we know that involves us too, to move closer to you and to and to encourage and love others to take a step as well. God, we're excited about what, you're, what you've done in the past. We're excited about what you're doing right now. We thank you for the Patterson campus. Thank you, God, for them back meeting together again. And Lord, just, God, the renewed excitement out there of, of what you're accomplishing and the lives that are going to be changed and transformed. Thank you that we get to be a part of that with you and watch it happen. And Lord, I pray for each one of us that our hearts would be renewed in faith and in love to follow after you. We thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for this weekend experience. Know that we're praying for you. And if you have any questions, you know what? You can, uh, you can see below. You can email us at info at newlifecc.com. You can put comments below because uh, we want to be part of this faith journey with you. So have a great week.